Yes, people, it is time for this week's Echoes from the Void. Yo, you know how we do, baby. You know I mean, we're, we're coming with a, you know what I mean, just another hot episode, kid, right? This is, this is what we do, and man, there's some, uh, there's some straight crazy going down, um, one of the, the, the biggest things, so recently, you know what I mean, Squid Games blew up. Right, blew up, and uh, yeah, has everyone watching the film, right? Everyone watching the film, and it's funny because you know, it, it's like I think it was 10 years in the making, right? The director was trying to put around, no one would pick it up until Netflix finally grabbed that. Uh, now the thing is, even though because I do think the director is. Korean, right? He, um, yeah, you, you I, I think this recent bit of news is maybe why, you know, what I mean? <laughs> he had trouble, right? Maybe why he had trouble. Um, so, uh, yeah, North Korea, they're gonna kill a dude, right? They are going to kill a dude. That brought the <laughs> brought the show into the country, you know. Because listen, everyone knows North Korea be strict. <laughs> it be strict, right? So there is things that you can watch, things that you can do. They ban jeans, right? There's shit that you is just a no go in North Korea's, and it would seem that uh, Squid Games is one of those things, you know what I mean? Um, is yeah, this dude, he, now they say that he brought it in via um, pen drives from China, right? And uh, yeah, he was, he was selling them to kids, selling them to high school kids, which, oh, I mean, not the best not the best situation, right? And so what happened was one of these kids was caught watching it, was caught watching it. And I, I, I have no clue who caught him, right? Because <laughs> everyone's in trouble. Everyone is in trouble. So the guy that brought this shit in, he's getting executed, right? Which is... Very harsh. I mean, look, if you don't like the show, <laughs> that's fine. But, you know what I mean? You're, you're killing people? That's a... Boy, those North Koreans are, are very harsh critics, it would seem. You know what I mean? Very harsh critics. But the kid... They're getting... Oh, man. I think the kid is getting life imprisonment. Right, he's getting imprisonment. It is crazy. It's crazy, man. You know what I mean? It, it's insane. And here's the other thing, right? Teachers 
Well, the other students involved, because there were six other students, they're getting, right, five years in hard labor camps. Right? They're getting five years in hard labor camps. The teachers in the school, the, the head principal, they've all been fired. Which is just like, it's not even their fault. <laughs> it's not even their fucking fault. It's like, you know, firing someone because a kid brought a peanut butter sandwich into school, right? Be like, I had no control over that. Like, what do you want me to do, motherfucker? But yeah, they've all been sacked. And it sounds like that they're possibly going to penal camps or they're going to work in, you know, the North Korean equivalent of Siberia. Like one of the two, we you know, I mean, just not great. Now, all of this um, is because North Korea has recently brought in a, a new law, the elimination of reactionary thought and culture, right? So that's their new thing. And yeah, basically, they feel they, they it um, anything from a foreign culture that they feel is discriminationary, then boom, you fucked. You fucked. Now, the guy, right, who's getting executed, he, he he's going up against a uh, firing squad. Now, here's the thing. Surely, surely, make him squid game it, right? That's what you like. Make them squid game. That's what you would do. You know what I mean there's no fire and squid. There's none of this. You know what I mean craziness. No, 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 no. You, you um, yeah, you get them, and you say, "All right, here's the rub, people. Here's the rub. There's a group of games." And you got to get through. If you make it through, you live, right? Do that at least. Come on, man. No career. Fix up. <laughs> Fix up. Hey, but if you think this is insane, trust me, there is more uh, coming, people. So, fuck up. Well, I think this is a. Uh... This is a pretty good story to end on, people, because i got to be honest, it's a little bit crazy, but there are a sprinkling of troops up in the piece, right? So, um, <laughs> right, uh, a conservative MP in the UK, right, Nick Fletcher. He was um, addressing uh, Parliament re recently, and um, <laughs> he has said some some weird shit, some weird shit. Right now, it it was about. Uh, yeah, it was a discussion about issues facing men, 
right? Um, attainment in school and ability to discuss mental health and other things such as that. But he brought up some odd things. Right? One being that a female Doctor Who was robbing boys of good role models. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a batshit thing to say. <laughs> it's such a crazy fucking idea, right? He's saying that the only characters they boys men had to look up to were gangsters like the Craze or Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders. <laughs> And this is a direct quote. Is there any wonder we are seeing... I don't think he speaks like that. Uh -huh. Is there any wonder we are seeing so many young men committing crime? Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, man. It is so weird you know what I mean oh dear oh dear dear oh dear now listen I do think there are some things that are right in what he says right um he did list you know saying the male suicide rates is three times higher than women's which is true and, you know, there's more men and boys in prison than there are women, which, again, is true. There are factors, you know, that do come into that, right? Now, he did say, right, there is a creeping narrative that males have it easy. Life is a breeze and they have nothing to complain about, right? Um, it's clear that life is tough for many men and young boys, and many of our boys in schools are far from privileged, which is fair. You know, toxic, he talks about toxic masculinity, right? Again, I feel that's fair, right? And um, yeah, he did also say, Everywhere, there seems to be a call from a tiny but very vocal minority that every male character or good role model must have a female replacement. And he brought up James Bond as, you know, an, a good example, right? Because at the moment, we know Daniel Craig is leaving the role, right? And, um, you know, like back back before Craig got it, a lot of people were calling for Idris Elga. It was like there must be a black bond, and now it's there must be a female bond, which is two very stupid arguments. Two very stupid, and I've said it before. The double O is a program, so introduce different double O's. It's a simple thing. Right, they can help bond out on a on some missions. If people love those characters, you then have a new way to spin the franchise off, right? Because let's be honest, 
a black and female operative wouldn't be able to work in certain countries, right? It makes sense. Like a white <laughs> secret agent can't work in some countries as well. So it makes sense that you have agents spanning race and gender, right? This is a thing. So the call to replace James Bond is moronic, but yeah, as I said, look, he has a point in some of the things he's saying because you do get that, right? When they when they're casting characters, people are like, oh, I think it's time for a female version, right? And, and it's just like, hmm, why, right? Now, there's times when this has happened, and you're like, all right, I understand that makes sense. There's other times where it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like a female Loki in Loki, that does make sense because, well, I mean, firstly, we've seen it in the comic books before. And the other thing is Loki is the master of mischief. So him changing his look, it's not a new thing. So, yeah, becoming a female to trick people makes sense. Right, so there's things that are logical and things that aren't. But, and as I said, look, yeah, there are people that will always say, there must be a female version, there must be a black version, there must be instead, because I don't know if what, you know, women think about this kind of thing. Now, a lot of girls I know and talk to, they don't particularly, you know, they're not like, yes, we want a female Doctor Who. We've won it. Like, it's not that. But I'm sure some will be like, oh, yeah, that's great. But I know when it comes to black characters, when they're like, oh, we need a black Doctor Who, and we need a black James Bond, and we were like, I'm just like, eh. How about a new character, <laughs> right? I just want a rehash. I want something new. I mean, that's why characters like Black Panther, Luke Cage are great, because they're unique. They, they're just new black, they're black characters. They were always black characters. This is like, so it's good to see those characters rise up rather than just, well, let's just change the ethnicity of four. You know what I mean? Captain America was slightly different because Captain America died. So it was just like, who could be the next Captain America? And, you know, Bucky became Cap for a bit, didn't quite work. Then it went to, um, Falcon, right? Whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> but it made sense in the context of the story. That, I don't mind that. But this, this whole thing about there's no good male role models, you're just like, that's some weird shit to say, right? That is some really weird shit to say. Because when you look at just the, the whole scope of everything, there are so many great male characters. There's so many great female characters. So you can't say, like, there, there's no male role models. And the main thing really is, you mean, like, actors 
musicians, athletes, they shouldn't be the main role model of a kid. You know, it, the parents are the role model, right? Teachers would be the role model. You know, I mean, it's the people they see the most are the kids' role models, right? So a good example from the parents at home, that's always a big one. You know, going to school, seeing people, you know, doing great things, you know, molding minds, all of this. This serves as good role model. This is role models. It's not fucking celebrities. It's not made up characters. That's not role models. That's imaginative shit that you see on TV, right? That That's storytelling. That That is, oh, so uh, it's so great to see in this fantasy world that we can have diversity and we can have this and these great stories, right? That's what that is. So you see these stories and you hear, watch, view, listen, all of this. And you want to see a, a, a breadth of scope in that, right? Because that's the imagination. But in the reality of things, no one's looking at fucking Peaky Blinders and be like, I want to be like Thomas Shelby. Jesus. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, the doctor is a moron. You know what I mean? He does weird shit. So to say that's a good you're a bonkers motherfucker, right? It's just an insane thing to talk about, to believe in, right? Now, if you want to talk about suicide rates and mental health, boom, fill your boots, do that. But don't use these weird examples because it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. You know, I had no issue with a female Doctor Who. The only problem I had with the female Doctor Who and the run was it was just so clear that they were trying to tick every fucking box in the book. So it just made for a cringy watch. You know, it didn't feel natural at all, right? When you first had, um, I can't, like at the very beginning when um, ugh, that dude that got accused of bullying and all of that things now, when he was a companion with um, Rose, was it Rose, that girl whose name I cannot remember? <laughs> right, it didn't feel like, oh, they've put in a black guy. Yuri, it just seemed like, oh no, those two were dating, it kind of made sense, all of that, right? So there's been things, and you'd be like, that makes sense. But when they're like, we need an old person, we need a gay person, we need a, and it was just like, yo, chill, right? This shouldn't be a tick box situation this should just be an organic story so that was the only thing with the, the female doctor because they just went really crazy 
with how they constructed everything. But a female doctor? When someone regenerates all the time, right, to go, oh, I'm only going to be a white dude, does seem a little odd. Where especially when he's lived all these years, all these millennia, been to so many different planets with so many different races, hooked up with so many different races and species. So, it, yeah, it always seems a little bit odd that, you know, it, it was like that. But, yeah, it's stories. We don't care. Now, I do feel that there is a, a point in school, right, and for parents to teach kids certain things, right? Like, don't take social media fucking seriously. You know what I mean? Because it's not real, right? People will post, I'm having a super day. But you're just like, no, they're not, right? A lot of the time, they're not. It's a fucking smoke and mirror show. So teach people that. Teach people self-esteem, right? These are things that should be in school, right? We teach home economics, religious education. Teach self-worth, right? But to, you know what I mean, try and pass people off as role models is, is bizarre. It's like Charles Barkley said back in the day. I'm a sports person, motherfucker. If you want a role model, the parents are the role model. Now, he didn't, that wasn't verbatim Charles Barkley, but you know what I mean. He said something along those lines, right? So, old Neil Fletcher, you are a moron, right? He's a straight moron <laughs> that really seems to have some sort of axe to grind. You know what I mean? Just, yes, focus on the suicide, right? Focus on things like that. You know, talk about stuff like, hey, we should teach, you know, boys to be more expressive about their emotions and their feelings. We should do that, right? We should put things in place at schools where maybe every school has a social worker. Well, more than one social worker, because you know what I mean? When you got a school of a thousand motherfucking kids, one social worker ain't gonna cut it. So why don't you have a system where each grade has so many social workers? You know what I mean? And you have a system where kids can go and talk and share things in secret. That That's something that would work. And also, Right? Think about it. When people go to school to study nursing and doctoring, right, they've got to work, I think, in the NHS for a certain period of time. So why don't you say, if you're going to study um, psychology, there would it be psychology for uh, psychologists? Ugh, I'm an idiot. But anyway, when you go and do that, your your first year is a, or, or maybe your third year is that you've got to do a placement at a school, right? You've got to donate so many hours a week to a school, 
which would then give schools the option, like the ability to offer this service, right? It's things like that that you need to be talking about, not a female fucking Doctor Who. But anyway, people, let's get into some other shit. So in a unsurprising bit of news, the Taliban are acting like the Taliban. Yeah, that's right, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is I I don't get it. People seem very shocked that the Taliban have implemented new rules in their new regime, and it's just like, um, what did they do before? Right. So in the nineties, women were banned from the workplace couldn't go to school. So obviously, right, that rule's coming back. It's not like the Taliban got more lax. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Everything is cool now, people. It's great. You can wear jeans. No, they were not going to do that. If anything, they were going to get crazier. You know, because otherwise they wouldn't really care about the the last regime, right? They wouldn't have cared. But yeah, they they fought for power, they got power, and now yeah, things have gone. I mean, to say a little sideways, that's a maybe an understatement, right? So yeah, obviously straight away, women get back out of those schools. <laughs> these, these aren't for you. These aren't for you, right? And, um, yeah, they're banning women from the workplace. Although, although, right, you wonder about this one. Because people say that, but they're still allowing female journalists, right, and TV presenters so, but what they're saying is they've got to wear head coverings, you know, so you'll be like, are they women banned from the workplace? Because if they're banned from the workplace, there would then be no female reporters or journalists. So I don't know about that. You know, some of this reporting is a little bit subjective, maybe, but it's, don't get me wrong, it's a crazy situation. Now, they've also added in new laws, right? So, um, yeah, some of these, right? Comedies and entertainment shows that insult religion or may be considered offensive to Afghans are forbidden. <laughs> you know, um, foreign films promoting foreign culture values should not be broadcast, right? Which, what does that mean? <laughs> Because you would imagine, like, films like, I don't know, Fast and the Furious are a no-go because it's all about flashy cars and all of that, which you'd think is probably a foreign culture thing, right? Other countries, they got, you know, they're getting cars and driving, like, everyone's driving and all of this. Yeah, you'd be like, no, we don't want our peoples to know about that shit. Right, so yeah, they're banned. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's 
it's not crazy though because a lot of you know countries in the region do have similar laws right which is you know you think about um you know the the, the fact china won't let certain and you know north korea won't let certain films play right if you mention you know countries they don't believe in or just ways of life they don't believe in so the fact that the taliban doing this it's not a shock though there are people that have been like yeah it's kind of took us by surprise and you're like how the fuck did that take you by surprise man <laughs> how are you shocked by this this is insane right but you do kind of think with some of these laws going in place, it's just like, huh, are these people just a fan of the, you know, 16th century? <laughs> you know, women didn't have the vote. They stayed at home. You know, they, they weren't really educated. Are they trying to go back to whimsical times? Right? Is, is that just the thing with the Taliban? We just like... Man, we have really enjoyed the words of Charles Dickens. We want to go back to, to then. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, whew. But you kind of think, right, you're, you're, because you're banning, you know, if you're banning women from jobs and working, so you, you, you're not going to have women in film roles and TV roles. Again, it, it seems to be going back to Shakespeare days when men played women, <laughs> right? So is that going to be the thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're going to have these dramas and it will just be like, they're going to replace the women and it will just be a bearded dude in that role going, oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo. Where I'll be, now <laughs> Romeo. I'm in no mosque, woman. That's where I'd be. Shut the fuck up. Go home. Cook me a meal. Right? Is <laughs> that what's happening? It's uh, yeah, fun times. It would. And uh, one of the other rules is as well. Um, it is now prohibited to for men to show their intimate parts on TV. Now, when it says intimate parts, kind of feel that's just your dick and balls, right? What other intimate parts is there on a dude, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just like, how many times on TV shows, like a man topless, that's not an issue. So obviously, men's nipples aren't crazy. Women's nipples, on the other hand, no show, <laughs> right? There's all of these weird contradictions on TV as it is. Like, sometimes you will see the bottom half of a woman, right? Now, they will say, leg, if the legs are shut, if the legs are together, it, it could be considered okay. Spread them legs. No, 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 no. But a man. <laughs> can't show that shit, right? 
This is the thing. It's just like an erect penis is highly offensive. It's more effective than a flaccid penis. But women's hard nipples, it's fair game. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't show women's hard nipples. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying we already are in this situation of weirdness. Right? But this Taliban war being like, ah, oh, men's intimate parts. Like, what? What are you saying are intimate parts, Taliban? Please clarify. But I think what it does say, if you are creative, your ass needs to leave <laughs> needs Afghanistan pronto. I mean, not like they're trying to let people out of the country, but I, I you know what I mean? I think we're going to see an exodus, you know? an underground railway as it were people trying to get out the country because boy yeah it's going crazy well it's getting crazier it's getting crazier but it is not a surprise people this is well <laughs> people often wonder right why are certain entities not taken seriously right Things like the UN, you know, and Interpol. It's because they do stupid shit all the time. You know, like the EU, right? Do stupid shit all the time. Now, the UN have just appointed a new president, and it is um, Ahmad Nazir Al-Razi. Right. And uh, yeah, he used to be the um, UAE's min interior minister. All right. But now he's. Um, well, actually, I think he still is. Right. Because the Interpol role is part time and unpaid. Right. But the thing is. He's been accused of. Uh, yeah, a few atrocities, such as torture, right? And failing to, you know, investigate complaints around torture. But he was able to land his top job for Interpol, you know, which is, uh, is kind of crazy, right? It is kind of crazy. Now he <laughs> he did put out a oh a tremendous fucking quote, right? Which you're just like, yeah, of course you'd say that, right? He said that the UAE was one of the world's safest places. Hmm. Okay. Right. And that the Gulf's Arab state continued to be the most important force for positive change in the world's most difficult region. Now, there are a few leniencies in the UAE. Well, there was, right? They, they, they did add some, uh, you know, new Sharia laws that went in place as the regime has shifted slightly. So yeah, that's all a bit, but yes, I will admit it is a little bit more slacker 
it is a little that's not a very good sentence it's a little slacker than uh let's say afghanistan <laughs> you know what i mean but what is weird about all of this is right you you have all these entities that will jump up and say you know if someone's accused of rape or anything like that you're like right that person's gone that person's gone Richard is like, was there an investigation? You know what I mean? Because look, as we've seen, there's been times, and uh, more than a handful, where these accusations don't seem to have any merit. You know, but but everyone's happy to be like, no, nope, that person's done. That person's done. But with something like this, where you'd be like, okay. Uh, shouldn't that person be disqualified for, you know, the race for that poll until all of this is cleared up, right? You would think that would be the process. And that's why people don't take entities like Interpol motherfucking seriously. Because it's not even if, right, they, they didn't suspend him from applying for the role. But they're just like, you know what? We're holding a thorough investigation. And as they announce their new president, they also say, hey, we realize there have been said things said about, you know, Mr. Razzi, but we have held a thorough, thorough, in depth investigation. We looked into everything, we spoke to all of these people, we produced this report, which is, you can access on our website, and it will show the lengths we went. It will show we left no thing unturned. What's the thing that you turned? Tile? Is it un tile unturned? Brick un stone unturned? It's something unturned. We left none of them. Nothing was unturned. Oh man, we dug, we we raped, and we found nothing, right? That is what you would think that an organization would say when these things have been leveled at it. But no, little iron foe, mm, sealed, not said a motherfucking thing. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on it's like when the police don't get rid of people that have been accused of you know dodgy shit right shooting unarmed people or you know fraternizing with criminals right oftentimes when something goes down right something real crazy goes down like, you know, your Derek Chauvin's, and then you look at the rap sheet, and you'd be like, wait, was this dude accused of something every fucking month, and he was still able to walk around with a badge, right, it's shit like that, that makes people distrust police, but it's not all police are dirty, but by letting the dirty ones stay, you tar them all, right? And so it's 
by appointing someone and not showing you did any due diligence, you make everyone distrust your organization. The organization no one really holds in any regard as it is. So I feel the thing that must be said is Interpol, do better. So I wouldn't say this is shocking at all, a bit like the Taliban, really. But the Brits Award, uh, they're merging their best female and best male artist awards. Right. So this year, the well, next year, right? The, yeah, it will be next year. The um, the award will be just for best British artists. So men and women will go up against each other in this award, right? It's it's a weird one, right? I, I think it's stupid. It's ridiculous, you know, because here's the thing, right? You have people like Sam Smith and Will Young going, oh, you should merge it because it excludes non-binary artists. It's so unfair, you know? Like Smith has said, you know, he thinks that the award should reflect the society we live in. Well, if that's the case, just have a non-binary category, right? And it's not like it's offensive because people come out as non-binary. They write in their bios, non-binary, right? It's a stamp of honor. So it's not offensive to have a non-binary category. No, so best male, best female, best non-binary. Boom, boom, boom. But, right, how many people would be in that category if that was the case? That's the question, right? That's the question. So by merging it, you're, you're catering for like, two people now obviously you know i'm not looking at numbers here right there's obviously more than two people but you understand what i'm saying here right the numbers don't stack for them to add a third category so merging the categories doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense because you're just like you're you, oh two people can't are saying they can't go for an award, right? That's it. So now you're fucking it up for everyone. And I say fucking it up because the whole thing being is right, you separate the categories. We have this. It's like why you know sports are different, and it's just not oh yeah, all, all you know, female men runners run at the because it would just be crazy right? And you get a situation where, you know, there's people who have, there's a male artist, a female artist who had great albums, but now they have to compete. Where if it was single categories, they both get awards, right? And people want to say, oh, but when you look at the categories that have merged, you know, the Grammys merged, and, oh, this award ceremony merged, and, look, it's been a 50-50. And it's just like, it's been a 50-50 because that's the way they've 
done it. Right, because it's a board that selects the awards. So it wasn't by chance, oh, look, it's 50-50. No, it's one year they're like, all right, let's give it to this person. And the next year they'd be like, should we give it? And they're like, no, we gave it to a guy last year, so we've got to give it to a girl this year. That's how that works. That's why it has been 50-50, you know, for the Grammys, for the MTV Awards. Anyone that says anything differently is a straight-up liar. Because, listen, award ceremonies as a whole are crooked as fuck, right? A&Rs pay for the awards, right? This is not a democratic system by any means. So let's not kid ourselves. So this whole pretense people are trying to live in, Come on now. Come on now, you dirty motherfuckers. You know, it, 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 they're just like, ah, uh, it's so fake. It is so fake and it's so bizarre, right? And what I want to know is, right, because Sam Smith has won awards at the Brits, right? So if he's all down for, oh, we shouldn't single category, you're giving those awards back, Sammy boy, are you? Are you giving those awards back? Because you were fine to take those awards then, but your career was going down. So you're just like, oh, let me get a little bit more attention and call myself non-binary. You know, because if it, and I say that, right? Because if it was something that, you know, the world doesn't, you would just do it. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't have to, publicize because everyone wants to publicize it as i said it's written in people's twitter instagram facebook bios non-binary where you know you don't need to know someone's sexuality you don't need to know it right it's a weird one like you don't need to know your political allegiance there's certain things which are just like why is everyone talking about this shit you know what I mean? Why is everyone talking? Like, no one needs to know. No one cares. No one cares. It's, are you a decent person? That's the main thing. So, yeah, we're living in this bullshit lie. And, yeah, now we're creating a situation where, you know, people who've created great stuff, now it's an even tougher chance for them to get fake awards. You know, that's what this is. And you got to be honest about it. We, we can't stick our head in the sand and act like it's any other way. Because that's straight dishonest, right? Why are you doing? Because let's be, let's be clear. People have stopped watching award shows, right? The number of people that have watched the Brits over the years has drastically declined. So they scramble for anything to kind of be like, look at us, look at us. So them doing this, that's what they're doing. You know, they're like, oh, now we're able to add more categories. You're like, there was nothing disallowing you from adding more categories, right? You could have more cat. You just chose not to. <laughs> There's a lot of categories at the Oscars that aren't televised. 
but they had those categories. So the Brits, it's just another one of these bullshit award shows trying desperately to be relevant in a world which is just like no one cares. No one really cares, motherfuckers. Right, 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 people. So I thought I would check out Cowboy Bebop, right? Now, it, see, the weird thing was because, you know, it's based on this beloved anime. And, I, you know, I hadn't seen the anime. But just before the, the live action hit, they did release season one of the anime. But I was just like, you know what? No. I'm just going to watch the new thing, right? I don't want to get bogged down in what came before. And I think that was probably a very good idea because, boy, <laughs> there's some angry people out there. There really is. It's a, it is a little bit crazy, you know what I mean? It is a little bit crazy, but fuck, what can you do? What can you do? But, uh... Yeah, I gotta say, I I enjoyed it, right? I, I did enjoy it. It was it was an odd one because I, there was a point and I thought, ugh, I do not like this. <laughs> but yeah, that all changed. It all did. Um, yeah, it all changed, which I thought was a bit of a relief, you know what I mean? Um, so, right, it is based on a 1998, uh, anime cartoon series created by Hijimi Yatat. Uh, it ran two seasons, 98 to 99, but I think season one was like 26 episodes. So, you know, it, it technically probably was, when you look at it, so a long one, because this, this live action version is 10 episodes, you know what I mean? So when you break it down like that, although it does seem that they did compress, right? They followed the same beat a lot of the time, but they jettisoned some of that first season. Um, it was written by Christopher Yoist. Good to see old Joist, you know, he's still doing his thing. Started out in comics and everything like that. And yeah, it was, I, I remember reading, like, it was always his dream. He wanted to be a, a, you know, a screenwriter and everything. And it's nice to see him doing it, man, you know? Um, they used the original theme music um, by Yoko Kano and the original opening theme, Seatbelts by Tank. Right, um, executive producers on the pieces, Marty Adelston, Andre Nemec, Jeff Pinkner, Josh Applebaum, Scott Rosenberg, Becky Clements, Yoist, Yasui Mikawawa, Misawuki Uzaki, Shinazaki, Tim Cuddingham, uh, Tetsu Fujimori, 
Michael Cattleman and Matthew Weinberg. Right. Um, yeah, as I said, look, it's 10 episodes. Right. Our cast. We have John Chu as Spike Spiegel, a.k.a. Fearless. Um, we have got Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, Spike's uh, partner, a former detective. Have Faye Valentine, who is played by Danielle Pineda. She is also a bounty hunter and a con artist, but there's a little bit more to her. All right, we've got um Julia Spikes. Hmm. Love, let's say. She's played by Alina Satine. Um, Vicious Spikes, former brother, right? Comrade in the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate. And now Nemesis, who's played by Alex Hazel. Um... Yeah, there's Eye on the Dog. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, Radical Ed, who is um, played by Eden Perkins. Uh, and we get a, a, you know, we get a, a drop in at the very end, which was an interesting one, because I wondered. Anna who runs the jazz club, right, is uh, played by Tamara Tooney. Uh, we've got Gren, who is who works with Anna, played by Mason Alexander-Park. Um, who else do we have? All right, so we got this show, all right, called Big Shot and the hosts. Punch and Judy are played by Ira Munn and Lucy Curry. Um, Chalmers, who was Jet's former partner in the Intersolar System Police, is played by Jeff Stutz, Stoltz. Uh, do, 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 do. Mayo is played by Rachel House. She is a crime leader of the syndicate. Right. We then have um, uh, Eunuch. Who the fuck played Eunuch? Hmm. I do not know. Uh, that's a bit of a shame because, yeah, he kind of, uh, he was pretty good. Um, yeah, don't know. Molly Moriarty played Kimmy, um, Jet's daughter. Right? Uh, but yeah, I guess that's, that's the main people, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's our main cast. Um, now, the gist of the show is this. The space western story follows Spike Spiegel and his ragtag crew of bounty hunters 
all cowboys as they try to capture the galaxy's worst criminals and survive the unexpected dangers they encounter throughout space, sometimes saving the world in the process, but always leaving millions in damage. And it's set in the year 2071. So not that far in the future. But remember, the original show was created in 98. And you know, I mean, you, you see them things that were set and they figured, oh, that's a long time away. But then you get to now and you <laughs> you watch them and you're like, yeah, that's not that far. It's not that far away, man. <laughs> but right, so the, the, the crazy thing with this is when I started to watch it. I didn't know, right? I was a bit like, I don't, actually, it was sitting in the year 2171, my bad. Um, but yeah, well, you know, we get this crazy casino high sequence, right? Which shows, it shows this playful, humorous side of things of the show. But yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Wasn't sure, right? I thought effects wise, it's pretty good, right? I, I like the way, you know, they show the interstellar travel, right? Through the loops and everything like that. You know, I mean, a lot of the effects with the guns and the shots and all of this, you know, the gravity, it was fun. You know, some slick fights and all of that. But I don't know, man, I, I, it was about two. Right, he he's Spike Siegel because it was just it was played very understated, very low key. But then in moments where you kind of figured there would be emotion, there just wasn't really emotion. You know what I mean? And that was a bit. Mm, I, I, yeah, I just wasn't sure. I, you know what I mean? I wasn't sure, but you know, I kept with it right i figured i yeah, let me just keep with it and see what's happening here and there was some interesting stuff right going around and i liked the, the i think one of the big things i liked the way the first episode ended right it they didn't do the hero save the day all the time it wasn't that so i was like all right all right let's let's see where this goes you know what i mean so uh yeah, you know, I, I kept going with it, and like again, it was a spike and noodles all the time, and it, it was just stuff, right? And I think you, you get that thing where you know, someone they could easily tell the truth, but they don't, but you don't really see a valid reason for not, you know what I mean. And that was a bit like, uh, but then the jazz, I love jazz, right? So the, the the way they infuse that into the show and we get Jet talking about jazz and all of that. And I was like, all right, no, no, I'm, I'm still digging it. But then as the story unravels, right, you, you find out more about, um, you know, Julia and the elders, the syndicate, vicious, all of that. And I, hmm, okay, 
this is intriguing. I am intrigued. I am definitely intrigued. So, you know, I was still with it. I was still with it. And then I think it was... Like, the third episode, like, you you had Jet trying to attain Kimmy's birthday. And that was a little amusing, the way they did it. it. That was, yeah, that was a little amusing. So, yeah, I'm I'm more with it. But it gets crazier, especially with the dog, right? With the dog and all of that. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> this is... Well, this is weird, right? This is weird. But then I think it's the the fourth episode. Because the fourth episode kind of focused a little bit more on Faye. And I think really this, like the emotional side, kind of connected here. right? Because the way you see this con artist and manipulation, but then the teamwork and everything like that. And then just the end, right? Just the end. Yeah, I might be a sucker, but he just like, man, and be like, ah, oh, man, yeah. Sucks not knowing where you come from, right? Fuck. All right, fuck it, I'm down. I'm, I'm in. And yeah, it was, it was from that point that I kind of was like, all right, yeah, no, I'm feeling this, right? I'm feeling it. And especially <laughs> because then we're getting this real fucking craziness, like the, this intrigues and everything like that, backstabbing, plot twisting, all of that, where you're like, oh, okay, all right. We do get a kind of a, uh, mm, it was a bit of a retro episode with um, Jet and his old partner kind of teaming up to do it, which, you know, when you watch those, like, they do it, they did it in Castle, they did it in, like, the X-Files, and just a lot of shows, where they set, you know, Star Trek did it a lot, where they send them to the past, you know what I mean, and they're cowboys or detectives or something. Like, it did feel a bit like that. And I will say, you're just like, yo, Chet's meant to be a detective and he can't see the obvious? Come on, man. What the fuck, right? What the fuck? This is insane. It's crazy. But, you know, it, it was still like, all right, you know, it's, it's uh, fine. I can, uh, I can get with it, right? It, it's still, there was still enough there for it not to suck, right? Still enough there. But, yeah, from there, it, you were just kind of onto the races. There was this weird mind thing, which was an interesting situation, right, which didn't quite play out how you might have perceived it to, 
you know, so that was fun. But yeah, we're, we're also slowly getting these seeds planted on where this could be going, right? How this could turn out, right? Which are just like, ooh, okay, all right, interesting. Now, I think what then really, really kind of gets it, like episode eight, where it really just goes a little crazy and you're oh, I did like, I liked it because I, I, you kind of figure something's going to happen, but the way it all pans out, you're like, yo, I didn't see that happening, you know what I mean? Now, episode nine is a flashback episode, which, to be honest with you, right, I was a bit irritated at, because we end, episode eight, eight ends at this point where you're like, fuck, okay, well, everyone's in the wrong place for this to now work, what the fuck, where's it gonna go, right, where's it gonna go, and then episode nine is flashback, now, what we learn is interesting, right, and it, and it shows us something about a lot of the people, so technically, I'm not mad at having that story, but it was just irritating that we disrupted our flow. You know what I mean? It, it was just one, like, yeah, it, 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 you can't really say it's a filler episode. You know what I mean? Because we learn a lot, right? It lays the foundation for a lot of stuff that we then see culminate in the last episode. But yeah, I'm just like, maybe we could have had that earlier. You know what I mean? And then episode 10, ooh, a lot of chickens come home to roost. You do think, ah, Jet, chill, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, I, but you have to then think of what has happened, right? What you motherfuckers have been through. So there is that, but you then see this interesting, like, twist that, yeah, didn't think was gonna happen, ain't gonna lie, but it did remind me of Green Wing, where each season ended the kind of same way, you know what I mean, and, and this one, like, it seems to end where it technically kind of starts, right, when, like, not literally where it starts in the casino, but where it kind of metaphorically starts on Spike Fearless's new journey, right, so I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting, and, right, so the thing was, I did dip into the first episode of the anime, right, because I was like, okay, how much of this is similar to that, and like the opening credits, boom, it's in carbon copy, right, obviously they updated it a little, you know, with live action, but yeah, so it's kind of the same, um, which is fun, the theme music all the same, space travel through the rings, and then you look at the characters, and you're like, okay, so they kind of did it, I prefer this Faye, right, because that's the other thing, anime, they put people in these skimpy, weird costumes that just, it's just weird, right, 
make the women look mad young, then put them in barely nothing. And it's just like, hey, I don't know, man. Right? It just feels like some of this shit's made for pedos, you know? So I preferred the costume that Faye's wearing in this updated tape. I go, Jet Black. Yeah, they, I like the fact they added a little diversity because let's be honest, there's not always diversity in anime. You know what I mean? Come on now, right? <laughs> yeah, do get a sense that not everyone is welcome. But yeah, so I enjoyed that. But there was a, a another member of the group and I'm like, huh, I wonder when they're going to introduce this character. And that character does appear. And I thought, oh, it's interesting how they brought that character in. And you do kind of think, oh, what does this mean going forward? Right? We are definitely end in a place where everything is just insane. Right? You think like, where does the story go from here? Where does it go from here? And so I have seen... Right, people criticizing this and saying they hate it and all of that. Now, again, I didn't watch the original. You know, I, I just dipped in to just kind of get a, a view of, you know, how well did it kind of compare? I thought it compared very well. I saw one person say that the effects look like a bargain bucket Doctor Who. I'm like, yo, this looked way better than Doctor Who. I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. It's insane. Look, I get it. They didn't follow beat for beat the story from the anime, but do you really want that? I mean, it's a different media, right? I get changes that happen from a book to a TV show to a film. Right. Sometimes there are things that they change where you're just like, huh. Right. Is like when I was watching The Last Kingdom. I, I really enjoyed the books, Bernard Cornwell and the um uh, the monk that helps Ufrid as a kid and all of that. Babeka? Bereka? Something like that, right? And in the in the book, he's described hunchback, just mad ugly and all of this. But in the TV, they didn't make him like that. I'm like, why Why not? Right? Like, I don't understand. Like, why change that aspect of it? You know, and, and it's, sometimes it's things like that. And you'd be like, eh. But, you know, other change, you'd be like, I get that change, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. And for me, yeah, I, I, I thought it was handled very well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as I said, when you kind of get that whole Faye thing, that's when the series really picks up for me. That's when I feel it really kind of coalesces and I'm digging it a lot more. Effects-wise, it was very good. You know, as I said, the space travel, like the, the, the crazy fights, the explosions, all of that handled real well. I thought it was very done well, very, I thought it was done very well, right, I thought it was done well, and as I said, look, the only thing for me was some of the emotional um, aspects from Chu, but in the flashbacks, K 
killed it, right? In the flashbacks, it, it was really good. So I, I guess what they're saying now, he's kind of tried to turn himself off, which then it makes more sense, right? Makes more sense, people. Makes more sense. And the other thing I liked about this, it's not like they they made it humorous. They they added a a goofy side to it, but there wasn't so much of that just irritating over the topness that you get in anime. Right when people eat and it's just like blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and you're like, what the fuck? Like, does everyone have to eat like that? Hearing and just being real stupid and just ugh. and again when people just look way too young and it just looks a little pedo-ish, right? So, yeah, I enjoyed this. Now, let me go. There is some animes that I have enjoyed. There was one about four kings that, like, these four kids that or kings and they turned into dragons. And for the life of me, I have no clue what that show was called. It used to be on Channel 4 in the UK and I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, the way things aired, like the times always change and everything. But yeah, there's some that I've, I've really enjoyed. But some of it is just weird and creepy. And this didn't irritate me, right? And as it went on, I got more into it. And I think that's a testament to it. So yeah, I'm down for it, man. I'm down for season two. So I, I would say, look, if you like this sort of thing, if you like your anime, I feel you like this. I think if you liked, um, I kind of think if you like stuff like Star Trek Discovery and, and you know, stuff like that, I think you would dig this, you know? It's fun. And it's got some martial arts. I think as well, because I didn't even know what the fuck it was, right? I didn't know it was kind of cowboy bounty hunters in space. So that was fun. I did see someone be like, it was revolutionary. It was such a crazy idea. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> if you read comics and shit like that, it wasn't really a crazy new idea. But, you know, I get it. Look, it's all good to love something. You know what I mean? And you feel a bit real protective. But chill, motherfuckers. Chill. Because, hey, you might like the anime more than this, which is fine. But to say this looks shitty, come on now. I feel we're all lying when it comes to that. So, yeah, it is a fun. If you like some martial arts, if you like space adventures, which are kind of grounded, right? Because as they go to different worlds, they're kind of set in different like time zones, it kind of feels like some worlds look feel like they're 60s based, some a bit more modern, some a bit more western, which I feel is interesting, you know. So it mixes it up and it, it keeps you intrigued. So, people, cowboy bebop, it's on Netflix, the live action, and season one of the anime, if you want to dip into that too. So, yeah. Enjoy. All right, people. So, hey, we are back with the great man, people. And this time it is book 10. Yeah, 
we got to book 10. And that is relentless. Right, so, uh, yeah, Kurt Gentry is at it again, people. He is at it again. So, right, um, yeah, this is the this is the blurb from Goodreads. All right, what's it say? Okay, the gray man's search for missing intelligence agents plunges him deep into a maelstrom of trouble in the latest entry of the number one New York Times bestselling series. The first agent disappearance was a puzzle. The second was a mystery. The third was a conspiracy. Intelligence operatives around the world are disappearing. When a missing American agent reappears in Venezuela, court gentry, the gray man, is dispatched to bring him in. But a team of assassins has other ideas. Cold escapes with his life and a vital piece of intelligence. Meanwhile, CIA, CIA agent Zoya Zabarova is in Berlin. Her mission is to infiltrate a private intelligence firm with some alarming connections. The closer she gets to answers, the less likely she is to get out alive. Court and Zoya are just two pieces on this international chessboard. And they're about to discover one undeniable truth. Sometimes capturing a kin requires sacrificing some pieces. <laughs> People, how uh, how you feel about that one, right? Sounds pretty good. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of action, right? We get a lot of action here. So, uh, you know, I, I think we are... Um, yeah, we, we, we've got all our, you know, people that we've currently met on the board, you know, which I think uh, it makes sense, right? Because the way certain characters have been introduced, they're talented, they're good resources. So why would we not see them again? You know, so the fact that they're brought in and the fact that the situation is laid out in the way it's laid out, right? It, it then, it reminds you what sort of business this is. So there is all of that. Now, there are elements of the book that do make you wonder, right? So the whole Venezuelan, 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 the situation in Venezuela, right? I, I mean, there is a point where you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just, I, I don't know. Once you've got your person, surely, right, you're just, up, it's all about, all right, now get the fuck down, shut up, 
this is what's happening, rather than being like, oh, yeah, let's have a conversation. Do you want a coffee? Yeah, yeah, come on. Why don't we get cocktails, baby? Yeah, let's do. You know what I mean? Everything's just, it was just a little bit too, it felt a little bit too reckless, right? A little bit too reckless. Now, granted, I don't think cool, although it was expecting what was going to come, but for someone of his level, you kind of thought, all right, you, you should be holding it down a bit more holding it down a bit more now i the one thing i do like is the fact that it's a bit like the i might have said this before talking about the gray man books but you know like the punisher and daredevil the netflix marvel stuff where characters would get injured and those injuries would stick with them right and now obviously look the disney plus stuff does it as well but i think this was one of the first times you saw it because all stuff before you know people get injured in one episode and in the next episode they're fine right you didn't always know how much time had passed but yeah everyone's cool but yeah, when they came to Marvel, came to Netflix, there was collateral damage. There was repercussions, and you know, Greenry he does that with the Gentry books. He, he if Court's injured in one, and the next book picks up like pretty much the next day or hours later, or you know, in a short span of time that injury is still affecting cool. So I dig that. And then in a book, you know, an injury early on, that will play a factor. Now, you understand, right, that injuring cool is a good way about it because you then put a limitation on your top operative, right? The great man, the guy who puts fear in most assassins, most operators, right? So, you know, once setting a character up like that, it, it, it's one of those things a bit like Superman. You think, well, surely they should just be able to kill everyone, right? Win easy. But you injure them. Now it's going to be harder. So, there. look, I understood why it happened. But you're like, okay, that is going to make it interesting. Let's see how it all plays out now. And, you know, the, the rest of the book, a lot of it made sense. There is some of it that you're kind of like, okay, granted this is new tech, but you'd imagine that people should be avoiding those things anyway right so so even though it's new you know avoiding the things shouldn't have been new that should have just been as standard right as standard but yeah it, it, it kind of wasn't which was a bit baffling um so there's that you then have i think 
just this, the Zoya situation in Berlin, right? I feel that once you understand who's handling her, you, you, it, the, like the certain things that happen, you're like, yeah, obviously we know who did the thing, right? We obviously know. So there was that that was just a bit like, how is anyone scratching their head here, right? How is anyone doing that? That's just some silliness. I mean, you, you know that a visit to a certain person is going to come back and haunt him later in the book. Like, you, it's just a little bit obvious that, okay, having to visit this person several times is now putting them in danger. Like, you, you know that. It, it's just it's not anything crazy here. So there's, there's parts of the book that got a little bit, you know, predictable. But I think I, I read these books just for the, I mean, the action, right? The, the, the popcorn-esque ability of them, right? You don't have to think. You can just sit back and be like, all right. Let's see what craziness is going to happen in this one, right? What ludicrous situation is court going to be put into? So there is all of that. But I will say, I did like the fact that the way the book ended, it creates uh, an intriguing way forward, right? Because I think... And I will say that he, you know, Greenwood has mixed it up, you know, the, the state of play during this series, which is good. Because, I mean, if you had kept him going, like you, with me caught in the first book, it, it would become a bit boring. So then when they made those shifts, you're like, all right, cool. But now we shake things up again. And, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where that takes us, right? What happens now? So, you know, it's it's not a bad entry to this series. You know, you know it's like, all right, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm cool with it. But, yeah, I, I like the end. And I'm interested to see where things go from here, right? Where they go from here. So that, that was the big thing with this one. Now, other elements of the book, yeah, I, I, I think certain accidents, certain things that happen, you'd be like, all right, come on, how the fuck is anyone walking away from that? That's just a little bit, you know, that's a little bit silly. It's a little bit silly. And there's also certain things that you just like, I mean, people should have understood that was coming, right? How, you, there's no walking into a trap like that. You're just a moron. <laughs> if you're not thinking to yourself, that could be problematic. Then I think this is the, your, the wrong line of work for you, you know? But uh, yeah, that's what we get. But, um, 
you know, there is another book currently out, Sierra Six, right? Um, and that's the one that came out. Yeah, Sierra Six came out this year. I feel that came out this year. Um, or is that the one? Oh no, that's the one. Oh no, Relentless came out this year. Sierra Six Book Eleven that's scheduled for next year. So no more grey man. But remember, Frank, the year's nearly done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Year's nearly done. So there's no no real worries on that front. I'm sure I can keep myself occupied and find some more, you know, espionage there. But, uh, yeah, if you've been enjoying the Grey Man books, then yeah, I, I feel you'll be happy with this one, right? So, yeah, Relentless, it's out. It's, you know, same narration, so it's all good. And, uh, yeah, just more hijinks for our court McGee. So, uh, there you go, people.